Introducing Brian Breaker, the biggest icon in wrestling. Daniel Ross. This is the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. What is going on? What are you doing? We will not go quietly into the night. Hang on! Houston, you have a problem. Boom shakalaka! I'm sweating like a pig here. It's a long time. Mr. Phoenix! Eat the pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, it is once again Saturday morning, it's early, it's time for some cartoons, time for some cereal, so I think it's also time for the Saturday morning rumble wheel. Uh, my name is Brian Breaker, and joining me as always, my partner on this journey through nostalgia, the one and only Daniel Cross. Daniel, are you ready for some more Saturday morning fun? I am always ready for Saturday morning shenanigans, and as always, pants are optional, we do encourage underwear though. I think it's important to say that, yes, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely, you know, underwear, whatever you choose to wear, you know, briefs, boxer briefs, you know, even the cartoon underoos, if you uh, so choose. Yeah, yeah, if you have He-Man underwear, send us pictures at Rumble, we no, just don't do that. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please don't, I mean, pictures of the underwear is one thing, but please don't be wearing them. <laughs> Sounds good. Good times. Uh, so this week we're diving into American Gladiators. This was such a fixture of the early 90s, right? I mean, like, what kid did not get into this show at some point, right? Oh, yeah. I loved American Gladiators. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but uh, my summer vacations were often filled with the American Gladiators because uh, I think Price is Right came on at 10 and I want to say, like, from 9 to 10 was the American Gladiators on the USA Network. Of course, it was reruns, but uh, that's what I typically would watch. But, uh, yeah, those are good memories for me, so we'll definitely get into that. Oh, definitely. Uh, last week, if you have not heard, we uh, we dove into our favorite Royal Rumble moments. Uh, that was kind of a, an interesting thing because the Royal Rumble's been going on for so long now. Um, definitely one of my favorite pay-per-views of the of the year. In fact, every January when the Royal Rumble rolls around, I'm always like hyped up again for the WWE product. And then that usually is quickly derailed and I'm completely checked out. But at least for that event, I'm like, all right, it's Royal Rumble season. This should be fun. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, the moments we talked about. I know there was a lot that we probably didn't get to. You know, one that kind of I know I don't think we talked about anyway. How about that number, uh, probably 1990, I want to say, 91, there was that stare down between Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, they did that one really well because, you know, back in those days, it seemed, like, I feel like nowadays with wrestling things seem so put together. Back in, back, mm -hmm. back then, it, it came, and it could be just because of the age we were when it happened, but it came across organic, you know, like... Warrior came out, and then Hogan came out, but there's still guys in the ring. It wasn't, like, completely cleared out. Then another guy comes out, and he gets thrown out, but then it's, like, all of a sudden, they're just them two, and they just kind of, it's like, oh, you can feel like this is it. It's, you know, that's a collision course. And I felt like they did that really good back then. Nowadays, it's it seems so predictable in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think, if I remember right, you could correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't watched it in a while, it's probably, like, 
Gorilla Monsoon and Ventura on commentary. Am that's, I uh, that correct in right. that? That sounds right, yeah. But I remember I remember them making a big deal. Oh, this is the first time they've ever been in the same ring together and you know, and then the crowd was going nuts and yeah, the whole moment was was awesome. Yeah, the Royal Rumble was always good about kind of getting those early stories kind of in, you know, with uh, with how they did stuff and that was always a fun thing. We didn't really touch on that either, but how like the year I think it was the year before when the mega powers exploded, like Hogan goes to throw out somebody but accidentally throws out Macho and you know Macho comes in, he's you know, he's ticked off obviously and Hogan's like, no, 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 I was trying to get this guy out, but it's like, oh, that's very convenient. Or, you know, how, like, you'd see partners kind of go at uh-huh. each other sometimes or things like that. And I don't know, just the Royal Rumble has always been a fun event. I think even if you're not a wrestling fan, that's one event you could probably really enjoy. Yeah, no doubt. So, American Gladiators, let's let's dive into this because I feel hey, like... Hey, wait, oh, wait, I'm wait sorry. a moment, wait a moment. I'm Hold on. Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. No, no, Go no. ahead. <laughs> like, that gets you hyped up, though, that old school music, right? Oh, yeah. Like that and the Rocky theme just makes me want to go work out. Absolutely. Although, of course, I won't. <laughs> Chuck some raw eggs, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So American Gladiators, I think it came around in like 89, but I didn't really know about it till probably about 90, 91. Like this was to me, the perfect, like, perfect timing. Because there was some other stuff that came around that I would actually like to touch on at some point. WMAC Masters comes to mind. Uh-huh. Battle Dome. That didn't really hit like this one hit. And I think because this hit at, the, like, the exact same time that, like, wrestling was hot for our gen- in our generation, right? So, like, the it, these guys look like pro wrestlers to me. They oh, were yeah. dressed like pro wrestlers. So... I was like, this is – so immediately I think most kids who are wrestling fans were definitely into this. Yeah, I think so. You know, like I said, I don't know, like, the original time slot for American Gladiators, if it was prime time. Kind of my my only recollection of it was, uh, like I said, growing up, my uh, mom would go to work in the summer at uh, – well, she worked all the time. But during the summer when I wasn't in school, she would drop me off in my grandma's house at, like, 8 in the morning. And none of my other friends got out of bed before, like, 10 o'clock. So I had, like, nothing to do from, like, 8 to 11, pretty much. So every day about, like I said, so this is a random one. Here's a deep dive we could go into one time. But I remember on the USA Network, they had Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Do you even remember that one at all? That (laughs) is a total blind spot for me. I have no clue. It was more or less a ripoff of Saved by the Bell, but geared a little more towards – Kind of more teenagers, kind of older teenagers, I think. Okay. A little more mature than Saved by the Bell. It makes sense, big, though. Anyway. Because everything's yeah, ripped yeah. off of, like, what's popular. So I get that. Yeah. So the big Parker Lewis, he was the Zach Morris. They had a nerd there. I don't even remember his name, but uh, he was, like, the Screech. And then there was kind of the cool kid. He was, like, Slater, I think. But uh, his big his big catchphrase, Parker Lewis, was not a problem. So, Anyway. Uh, and then they had this big bully. He actually went on and did quite a few little things. He was a big guy on ER. That's probably what he was most known for. Anyway, we're getting off topic. But, uh, yeah, so that would come on like at, I don't know, 8 or 9. And then 
about nine o'clock, there was American Gladiators from nine to ten, and then I would watch uh, Price is Right from like ten to ten forty-five, and then I would usually get on my bike and go see, you know, who was out of bed at that point. But yeah, I mean, I watched American Gladiators pretty much every day during the summer. Oh yeah, it, it was just such a cool show, and there there was so much about it that was, I think, unique because you know you had contenders, right? And that's kind of who. I think the show they wanted you to root for, but I, I mean, I don't know when I saw these goofy looking guys in like plain colored spandex, yeah. I saw like nitro or laser or Gemini. I was like, man, I like the gladiators. Like, right. I think most people did though. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was always cool when like you would have kind of a, I won't say scrawny. They were all in pretty good shape. You know, the contenders, but every once in a while, you get like this fireman come out of nowhere and just destroy one of the gladiators. So that was always pretty cool to watch. It's it's got to be one of those things. And I know there's been some um, tell all books written. I think Nitro actually wrote a book and kind of talked about like how like the, they didn't really make as much money as people think and how like rough this was because like they're having to film all these episodes back to back and they're all oh up. yeah i bet so and uh yeah i mean like it's one of those things where it's <clears> like <throat> you you look at like games like powerball and stuff i mean it's essentially tackle football but like they're wearing like helmets and that's it you know maybe some elbow pads and knee pads but you know you can tell mm -hmm. it, it, these are rough games yeah and you know my probably the to me anyway the biggest kind of american gladiator moment or the one i've seen a lot on I don't know if it's TikTok or, or not, but little clips of it. There's a lot of gifs out there about it. But if you if you haven't seen it, uh, Malibu. So they're in a game called Catapult or Cannonball. I think it's Cannonball. And uh, anyway, Malibu, the gladiator, they're up on a pedestal, and then across the way, maybe twenty, thirty feet, is a con uh, competitor contender. And then he swings on the rope and tries to knock the gladiator off of the pedestal. He try, he kicks him off, right? Isn't that how that works? Yeah. I, okay. I remember yeah. That. So he like like two feet planted. Malibu has the uh, they got a little pad, like a little padded shield thing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, his feet go right through the padded shield into Malibu, knocks Malibu off like three, four feet. I mean, this is like a, a rough hit. Like if uh, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a YouTube. But uh, and that might have even been like one of the last times Malibu was ever on the show because I want to say he got a pretty decent concussion out of it and it's a brutal hit. It's one of those things. When I know it's the '90s and we didn't look at concussions like as a big deal, right? I mean, uh, even when me and you were wrestling, I don't think it was considered as big a deal as it is now. But like, like okay, we'll put a 200 pound man on a rope swing and have him kick you, but we'll give you like a you know a blocking shield, so that should be fine. Like. <laughs> Right. What are they? What are they thinking? Like, how could this possibly go right? Like, I, I actually, I don't know if it's still there, but there's a uh, streaming service called Pluto TV. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, I've had it, and it's a free service, but they do kind of like commercial breaks in there, and uh, they do channels, and so it kind of looks like how digital cable used to look back in the day when people, when everyone had that, and uh, they actually at one point, I don't even think they do anymore, but they had an American Gladiators channel that aired American yep. Gladiators 24-7, which was really cool to be like, oh, man, this is awesome. And Because uh, there's really no DVDs of that or anything. It's really hard to find at this point. And I was watching an episode, and it was an early, like, season one episode. And you can always tell because season one, you can tell it's, like, real dim and dark looking. It doesn't even look like the Gladiators you remember. 
And yep. Gemini. The production value is not quite there. Oh, you can tell they had no budget. And Gemini is doing the joust, right? And if uh, people don't remember the joust, that's there's two a great big, game. Oh, so good. It's the one I think most people remember the most, right? Yep. Two big pedestals. You're given this big, like, pugil stick or something is what it's called. Kind of looks like a giant Q-tip. And uh, it's got two pads on the other side. And so basically, you just hit your opponent until he falls off the pedestal. So if you're the contender, the goal is to knock the gladiator off or at least to just not get knocked off yourself. So the first time, Gemini just steps over on the other pedestal and, like, gets disqualified. (laughs) A second game, he does it again. And I'm like, I wonder if, like, he just didn't even know what the rules were of this. You know what I mean? Like, it makes you Uh wonder, like, if they just were like, hey, go up there with a stick and try to hit this guy and like didn't even know what the rules were yeah that would be interesting so you said nitro wrote a book about kind of the behind the scenes of it his real name is dan clark and i knew he wrote a book i have not read it i I don't even know if it's still available but i guess he kind of talked about how you know more or less they were forced to uh you know stay on the on the gas you know steroids and such you know to maintain Uh that, that gladiator look and and things of that nature and and i and i guess they weren't paid I think that's kind of a unanimous thing, though, with a lot of people. Like, I remember hearing how the original Power Ranger cast. Only, yeah, I was going to bring that up. They were only paid like a few hundred dollars per episode. and Yeah, until even like season like three after they'd already blown up and they weren't getting any uh, uh, money off the toy deals. and Yeah. It's, it's one of those things when you come into something like the entertainment industry and you're kind of like a nobody, I think – they feel like they can pay you as little as they want, you know? And uh-huh. like, I don't know, like you, I thought that about wrestling though. It's the second I saw a guy on TV, I was like, that guy's a millionaire and probably yep. he was not, you know, but at the time you just, you assume a guy's on TV, he's, he's super rich. And, uh, I mean, I would have never guessed that the, uh, the power Rangers were making such little money at that time. It's kind of crazy to think. Oh yeah. And the gladiator I mean, by- too. By season two, I would think the power, I mean, I could get it season one. You don't know if this show is going to be a hit, but yeah. you know, by season two, I mean, they should have easily been making thousands of dollars an episode and gotten cuts off the toys and you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I guess they didn't, which is why some of them quit by what, like season three or something. It was something like that. Yeah. A few of them left. And I think a lot of deals were renegotiated, but they didn't get quite like what they were hoping to get or something i can't i don't know the specifics Mm -hmm. i don't want to comment on it too much but but it's also one of those things where like how much money have they made since then with like autograph signings and things like that so yeah that's true but again you don't know that going in that that's going to be the case so um anyway back to american gladiators um it's kind of crazy to think that these guys are making like a thousand bucks an episode and you know you figure a season's probably you know, 20 episodes, maybe if that, and it's like, wow, they're not making that much. And like someone like Malibu getting injured, like that's just, it's kind of crazy to think that like, I wonder like you would assume he's taken care of, but he probably wasn't since he got hurt. And that kind of sucks. Oh no, probably very similar to pro wrestlers. I'm sure they had to carry their own health insurance and you know, all that's all that kind of stuff. And the studio audience, you know, they, they probably weren't being paid to be there. It was, you know, part of the attraction at universal studios. Oh yeah. You know, hey, come see American Gladiators taped at noon, two, and four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they would have fresh crowds every couple of hours. So, yeah, I'm sure there wasn't a lot of money to be made except for, you know, commercials. And obviously, yeah, you know, once it was a hit, I'm hoping they, they got a little more money. 
We talk about being a hit. I mean, this is another thing, and this is also stuff we could dive into later on, but they had an action figure line, a toy line, and video games. So Gladiators got very popular. Yeah, I had uh, a Gemini action figure. I think I still do, actually. Nice. Do you have any of the uh, American Gladiator figures? Never did. Um, It was always one of those things when I saw them, I liked them and I wanted them, but like there was something else I wanted more. And this was a really interesting toy line because we covered it on my other show, TV Toycast, early on. And one thing we realized in covering it, it's a very playset-heavy toy line, whereas you know, the action figures themselves weren't as prominent as the playsets, which might have also kind of been a, a downfall, you know, because the figures are more what I was into, but the playsets are make more sense for this line, but... Mm-hmm. To me, like if I had money, I'm buying a figure. I don't always have the money for a playset. That's like a Christmas or a birthday gift. So a little bit harder to pull off sometimes. Yeah, and I do remember the Nintendo game of American Gladiators. I remember it being very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Like the the controls, it just wasn't uh, it wasn't easy to navigate. No, I uh, I remember years later I bought this like they call them now clone systems or it's like, it was called like an FC twin or something. And it played super Nintendo, excuse me. And regular Nintendo games. Sorry. Uh And, um, I was at, you know, I was living in Eldon as you know, and, uh, there was a resale video game store kind of at the lake area where I was working and I'd bought this thing online. I was like, man, I need to get some super Nintendo games. So I walk into this store and this is kind of when like resell, you know, game stores were kind of becoming a thing. And so I picked up like mighty Morphin power Rangers, oddly enough, and American gladiators. And I'm just like, nice, this is awesome. And so I was playing (laughs) both of those. And I mean, it's so, it's so different from games today, but you know, at the time I saw like an Xbox 360 and was somewhat of a gamer, not really at all a gamer anymore. You know, a lot of the new stuff more confuses me than anything else, but yeah, it, like it. Gladiators is fun. It's like, but like you said, it's really hard to navigate. Like I remember trying to like do the eliminator, and so like the first thing is you run up the uh, the treadmill, right? The you know the uh-huh. incline treadmill, and I couldn't even get the guy to run for like thirty seconds. So I'm like way far behind. I finally figured it out. And then it's like, okay, well it's already over. You know, it's like it was mm-hmm. not it was not the easiest game. Yeah, I remember renting it and not being impressed, and I might have played it for ten minutes, and I'm like, ah, oh, this wasn't worth it. I'll just go watch. TGIF. Yeah, pretty much. That's kind <laughs> so of what, were your, what were your thoughts on the reboot? I don't know, was it 2010? It was 2008, actually, um, when that came out with Hulk Hogan as the host. And I was, I was, so initially I was very excited for it because I was like, man, I loved the show as a kid. So it's kind of like any show that gets rebooted. It seems like this is going to be awesome because this is exactly what I remember. Mm-hmm. Not it didn't really have the same feel. I mean, had new gladiators, which I think is an obvious thing because you know the other guys were older and probably wasn't going to be capable. But and there was some cool stuff because they brought back some of the the events, and I liked some of the gladiators, but it just it didn't feel the same. No, and uh, you know, here's I thought about it because you know I knew we were going to talk about this today. Here's my theory. I think with the original American Gladiators, part of it was lightning in a bottle. But I think the other part of it was, of course, wrestling fans are going to hate this, but I really think Mike Adamley added a lot to that original show. 
because when American Gladiators came on, you had this very professional-looking guy yeah. in a suit coat, you know, and you felt like you were watching a real sports competition. And, uh, you know, he had a good voice, and he was a good commentator and things like that. So it felt like a real sport. Now, you contrast that to Hulk Hogan, and, you know, the first thing you see is, you know, Hulk Hogan in sunglasses, a bandana, and a tank top, and, you know, hey, brother, let me tell you, these are American gladiators. We're going to be running wild. And he's constantly you know. posing, you know, and, yeah. man, you hit him with that super fly snook off the top, bro. And you're just like, <laughs> I think, well, and I think they also tried to do a lot of, like, goofy cross promotion. There's Mike O'Hearn was on there, who's actually, he was on Battle Dome. He's a pretty well-known bodybuilder. Uh-huh. He, I remember he was doing the joust. He was Titan on the new American Gladiators, and he, uh, they were doing a co-promotion with the Incredible Hulk movie. That was coming okay. out with Edward Norton, and so he came out completely painted like green to be like the Hulk, and and so like when he knocked the guy off, he'd go like wah, but then they put in like the Hulk scream. Uh huh. It didn't. I mean, it just didn't look right, you know. And it just right. Like, ugh. like it, it takes to me, it takes like that credibility away where it's like yeah. And I, and I think maybe some people kind of compare that to pro wrestling, where it's like you know wrestling has athleticism and entertainment kind of rolled into one but when they start insulting your intelligence it's hard to it's hard to maintain like oh no this is good stuff you know like that's where you know and i'm sure you can get this like to me it was i would always tell people no i'm a fan of japanese wrestling which is true but i I do like (laughs) a lot of american wrestling it just it bothers me when it's just really over the top goofy stories you know what i mean and uh i felt like this version of gladiators didn't quite capture that magic yeah, and, you know, even if they would have played it straight down the line as, you know, an athletic contest and a sporting event, I mean, there's no guarantees they could have come close to duplicating the success. But, yeah, I don't think they thought that aspect of it through. You know, because especially back in the 90s, I don't know, it was, you know, commentators of sports, you know, back then. I mean, I was thinking of Bob Costas and Marv Albert and uh, uh, who's the Do You Believe in Mir- Al Michaels. Mm-hmm. Do You Believe in Miracles? Um you know, they were all these kind of straight lace, suit coat, shirt and tie type of guys, and it did. It added credibility, you know, because I would say even like a Monday Night Football, you know, can you imagine Monday Night Football comes on the air and Hulk Hogan's there? Well, these Kansas City Chiefs, brother, they're going to run wild all over the Broncos, dude. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it definitely hurts the credibility. So as cool as Hulk Hogan is, I don't think he was the right fit. You know, for the reboot. That's a good point. I never thought about it that way. It was just kind of like, oh, Hulk's here. Like, because I, I mean, you know, being a wrestling fan, obviously we all know who Hulk Hogan was. But, like, the fact that he was there or not there, I could not care less. I also, speaking of that, now that you say that, it kind of jogs my memory. Do you remember the referee in the reboot? No, no, I don't even know that I watched a whole episode of it. So the referee in the reboot was, like, really animated and over the top. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that also might be a reason why it didn't work out as well. Because if you remember, the referee in the original series was always like, Contender, ready! Gladiator, ready! Like, he had a very specific cadence, but he came across like a legitimate referee. Like, he's not there to... He doesn't care who wins and loses. He's just there to call it down the middle. Yeah. The guy in the reboot was like, is the contender ready? Is the gladiator (laughs) 
ready. And he's like doing all these hand and hip motions. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it was just not good. It was so bad. And I didn't even realize how bad it was until I watched it later. And I was just like, ugh, this guy sucks. <laughs> you know? So, uh-huh. um, I think it's things like that that kind of make you realize, like, okay, this doesn't quite hit the same way. Um, but again, like, you know, and I, we talked about this off air. WWE announced that they were going to reboot American Gladiators, which would be now for the third time. Um, how do you think that's going to go, right? Because WWE has been very successful at all things wrestling. Pretty much any venture outside of that has not been successful. Yeah, Movies were horrible. I, I don't recall them ever doing anything like music or television or anything like that that's ever been any good at all. So Nope. Yeah, I say... I say leave the memories alone. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, because it's inevitable. They're going to bring Hulk Hogan onto it or, you know, somebody, you know, they're going to do a cross promotional thing. That's what they're known for when they have stuff like this. So right. yeah, if the WWE decides to do something with it, I don't know. And like I said, I really do think part of it was lightning in a bottle. Also, the early 90s, they were big. It was it was essentially a game show to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you was know, also, yeah, that was huge at the time. Yeah, so you had Wheel of Fortune, again, Price is Right. Um, you had all sorts, and then I think even around Nickelodeon that time, they had all sorts of game shows. So these average, everyday American citizens got to go on these, you know, game shows and be TV stars, and I think that was part of the appeal. And, you know, nowadays, celebrity status doesn't mean as much, you know, as it used to, because almost anybody can be a celebrity, you know, to a certain extent. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you, if you had a hometown guy, you know, that he was going to be on a contestant, you know, a contestant on American Gladiators or Wheel of Fortune, I mean, that was like, you know, nationwide news, you know, or at least, you know, for your, for your state or whatever it may be. And they would do a little bio of that person and it was a big deal. Well, now that you mentioned like game shows, if you think about it, man, in 08, like... Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was still pretty big. Deal or No Deal was huge. So I wonder if yep. that's why American Gladiators was brought back to begin with. Because that's kind of was like the reboot of game shows during that era. You know, all like one versus 100. And like they brought back tons of game shows. So that could have been why uh, why that was brought back to begin with. Yeah. So, you know, we have uh, obviously the big part of American Gladiators was the events. And I have here, I thought this would be interesting to go through. I'll probably breeze through a few of them, but according to 11points.com, whatever that is, I have the (laughs) definitive ranking of the top 16 American Gladiator events. So, are you ready? I am ready. So, Skytrack, number 16, I don't have a very good memory of this, but two competitors race a gladiator on an upside down racetrack using velcro gloves i do remember that yeah cuz you're you're hanging upside down and you're like kind of like of course harnessed in and you have to like yeah move upside down i do remember so that. then number 15 snapback competitors and gladiators with bungee cords attached to their back compete to grab or prevent the grabbing of large cylinders suspended from the ceiling I think that was the one where they're up on the platform, they jump down, then jump back up, grab something, and come back. Yeah. I do remember that. Because I feel like Guts Uh, did something similar, too. Yes, they did. I do remember that. Uh, 14, tug-of-war. So that's pretty self-explanatory. 13 was Whiplash, 
competitors try to wrestle a bone shaped item away from the gladiator. Oh yeah, this was where they would like or pull the gladiator out of the ring. So I do remember that one. Yeah. They would have they would each have one hand holding on to this uh little triangular shaped thing and try to pull each other away. Yes, uh, I do remember that as well. Number twelve was the maze. I remember that one. Oh yeah, I forgot about the maze. Like that mm-hmm. like how terrible would that be to like turn a corner and there's a freaking gladiator <laughs> right there, you know? And it'd demolish you. Yeah. Number 11, so I think this should have ranked higher because this was one of my favorites, and the ones we – so I broke my arm playing this, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, hang Tough. Mm. Contestants swing. I think everybody knows this one, but contestants swing on a field of rings, attempting to cross to one platform to another, and while the gladiator tries to kick them off. So, yeah, so – This looked always... the hardest to me like, oh, yeah. when I would watch it, even then thinking, like, well, that would be tough. Me and my brother were playing this on a jungle gym or a uh, monkey bars or whatever, and uh, we were trying to, like, get away from each other. They would wrap – my brother wrapped his legs around my waist, pulled me off the monkey bars, I fell, and I broke my arm. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, American Gladiators. (laughs) Don't try this at home, kids. Yeah. Oh, so number 10, swing shot. This is actually the one you were talking about. So contestants on a bungee cord, jumps from high platforms, bounces up, Tries to grab balls off of a cylinder suspended from the ceiling. So I wonder what so, that other one was then. I don't, I don't know because I don't the snapshot. I don't remember it. Atmosphere number nine. Uh, that was where they were in the little balls and they would roll around and try to get onto those platforms that blew smoke. Yep, that also looked hard. And I want to bring this up because I think it's funny. Uh, there was a yeah. episode of The Simpsons one time when uh, Milhouse's mom divorced his dad. And she started dating a gladiator, and he was like, and of course, like, <laughs> Kirk Van that. Houten shows up and sees the gladiator, and he's like, you ready to go, Luann? She's like, yeah. And she like looks at Kirk like, Ugh, and they, they get in the atmosphere ball, <laughs> and they roll down the road, <laughs> which is just amazing. Yeah, so this this is also one, this like was one of the ones I'm like, oh, that looks like a blast. I totally want to do that. Yeah. Like, how do I get an atmosphere ball? <laughs> so number eight was the wall. This It wasn't brutal, but it was, I don't know, one of the more, like, terrifying ones because, you know, you're scaling a 20-foot wall. And then they would always stick. For some reason, I always remember Turbo and Laser were, like, always <laughs> the guys they would put on the wall, and they would just shoot up that thing and grab you. Well, and, like, they only ha- you only have, like, a 10-second head start. That's, like, two steps on a wall for me. So, yeah, I would yeah. be toast in this one. Uh, number seven, human cannonball. So that's the one we talked about earlier where Malibu got destroyed. Yes. Uh, the joust, number six. We talked about that one. Number five is gauntlet. I don't really remember this one, but contestants try to run past five consecutive gladiators, all of whom have various padded devices. They oh, can... I, I do remember that. They didn't do that one as much, but, like, one would have a big bar pad. One would have, like, two blocks, like, on yep. their hands. It wasn't as good. That's what I see here in the picture. Number four was the pyramid, so that was a that was a pretty good one. I don't remember the that pyramid. guy. You don't remember that one? No. Oh, so that yeah, they had a big uh, foam pyramid, and you had to get the gladiators were like three quarters of the way up it, and you started at the bottom. You had to get past the gladiators and get to the top. And usually, what happened was there were some awesome wrestling moves on this one because like. 
the guys, the gladiators would like grab the guys by the waist and do like German suplexes off of the okay. top of the pyramid. I, okay, yes, I do remember that now because it would be like it was yeah. almost like steps, right? Like big steps. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, I do remember that. Yep, that one was brutal. Powerball. This one was fun. I so think that's to- that's another one that's like it's pretty simple, but what's interesting is like I would watch some where like you could tell the gladiators disliked one of the guys. Because they would just demolish him, but the other oh, guys yeah. like scoring points. Like, hmm, this guy must have like ticked someone off backstage. Yep. So number two, care to guess? I think we all know what number one's going to be. Is the eliminator in this or no? Uh, this is not the eliminator. That's number one. So I already ruined that. But yeah. number two, this will make total sense when I say it. Assault. It's got to be assault. Yeah. Yeah. Total was, assault. Did you have joust in there? Did you? Go uh, yes, that was number six, I believe. Uh, okay. Okay. So assault yeah. was like, like me and my cousin actually. He had some of like the big like twelve inch GI Joes, uh-huh. and those had like missile launching guns, and we yep. would play assault in his in his parents' living room. And so like, you, you like run and get behind the side of the couch, and he'd try to shoot you with that gun, and yeah, you know, it didn't work very well. But like, yeah, that was always one that seemed like fun. But looking at it now, a tennis ball that's going so fast you can't even see it. <laughs> And it's going to hit you in the face is not probably a fun experience. Oh, no. But, yeah, I mean, who didn't play assault in their living room? Oh, I think yeah. we would use uh, Nerf guns. So we would we had a couple of Nerf guns. So we would put, like, we would have, like, the Nerf uh, oh, bow and arrow. Then we would have a Nerf dart gun. And then we might just put some random tennis balls behind a, a chair. Right. And then the other, you know, the other person would have, like, wiffle ball. I wonder how much furniture or how many windows were broke. In uh, people's uh, living rooms due to assault. <laughs> Probably a bunch. Also, I got to bring up this. I always liked on this part is when they would get to, like, the platform that they would hide behind. There would be some type of gun to shoot. And, of course, yep. they were trying to hit the target to uh, to beat the gladiator. And, like, you could always tell they had, like, no idea how to shoot this thing. Yep. <laughs> and it was always, like, massive or, like, set on your shoulder or whatever. And it was just, like, this is hilarious. You, you could just tell they had no clue what they were doing. Or, yeah, it would go off, and the commentator's like, oh, it's got that hair trigger on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, or the people don't know what they're doing with it. Yeah. So, uh, yes, and then uh, number one was the Eliminator. See, I was wondering if they considered that an event, because that obviously is number one, because the Eliminator right. was the coolest um, coolest event. Um, I always thought it was interesting like the different stuff that they would do because they would kind of change it over the years like sometimes it would be like a balance beam and then other times they would do like the rolling cylinder of pads remember that yep yep all that always seemed uh, very very difficult though yeah so like off top my head they would you know and this is just one of them i'm sure they would go up the ramp that was going backwards yeah usually from there it was the hand bike which that also always looked difficult. Oh, yeah, brutal. After they did a hand bike, then they would have, like, the rolling cylinders, and then they might go up the rope net from there. Then they would have the big swing yep. uh, down off the platform, and then either, I don't know, going through a wall or jumping over a wall or yeah. something, and there was a gladiator or two in there. And sometimes, then, uh, yeah, finally, that, finally through the finish line. I think it changed because sometimes it would be a couple of walls or sometimes it would be a couple of hurdles. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, there would be, like, um, these paper walls you'd go through. And, like, gladiators would be in three of them. So, like, I remember seeing one where the two guys were neck to neck and the guy happened to choose the free lane and he he made it. And I was just like, wow, what are the odds? 
Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't the uh, who's the wrestler that was on it? Oh, Rico Constantino. And, yeah, yeah Rico. It. He actually did he, very that was always well. His claim to fame. I remember when the reruns were hitting. That's when I wa- realized that he was on there because he had already he was in the WWE already, and you realize like, wow, this guy's awesome on here. So. Yeah, that definitely fun. Also, I don't know if you remember this. Stephen Carl from uh, Family Matters competed on American Gladiators one time on an episode, which was hilarious. Yes, I think I remember that vaguely. And they did not do well. Was that before or after they uh, fought the Bushwhackers? I think it was probably around the same time, actually. <laughs> um, fun fact, I, I do a lot of custom figures um, with my friend Jason Wolf, and I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping – to get a uh, someone to make custom heads of them in the Psycho Twins gear because they wore like these really weird masks. Uh-huh. And I was going to put Carl on an Earthquake body and Steve on a one two three kid because there like, you go. I think that would be hilarious. Like very few people would get that, but I would be all about it. <laughs> yeah, now you just need to find a one two three kid and snap the head off, and then uh, yeah, put Steve's head on there. Luckily, I have some friends that know how to do some three D printing because <laughs> that would not be a wise decision. Oh, yeah, if I ever find that thing, I'm totally selling it for $500 and then just – because someone will pay because it's going for, like, 1200 everywhere else. Yeah. I think that may go down eventually, but, yeah, it is going for a lot of money. It's kind of crazy. I couldn't imagine spending $1,000 on a figure. And I and I do like to buy collectibles, but that's a, that's a lot of money. I'm still hoping to find one in a grab bin somewhere in some antique store that some old lady's running that doesn't know what she has. <laughs> it definitely could happen. I mean, I think this day and age, it's harder to do that with the internet because most people can uh, can kind of figure it out. But man, like that, how cool would that be? Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. I will report it if I ever find it. Absolutely. Um, uh, American Gladiators, though, like I think if if WWE does relaunch it and they just leave it alone, personally, I think it would be awesome. But I. Can't help but think that they wouldn't like WWE it, you know, a little bit and kind of make mm-hmm. it about WWE. Because I remember when they first did WWE movies, I, I didn't really go in thinking like, oh, these are going to be like groundbreaking pieces of cinema. But kind of was hoping they would be cool. Yeah. And they really weren't. And then <laughs> it's like they, and they're like, oh, we're going to do straight to DVD because that's really more of our jam. And those were like even worse. And then, yep. then it was like, all right, we're just going to do movies and not have any wrestlers in them. And, like, they did a couple that were okay. They did one called The Call with Halle Berry where she was, like, working at a call center for 911. Uh-huh. That one wasn't bad. But, like, yeah, then there were some that were just, like, absolutely just horrendously bad. So, um, I don't you know. You know, like, if WWE does this, like, they're going to have, hey, our special gladiator of the week, The Miz. Yeah, that's and, that's and then he'll the, have his he'll have his entrance. I came to play. That's the problem, though, right? Like you can't yep. not do that. Like, no, give me thunder and laser and Gemini. Like, I any guys like that. Like, I don't need, I don't need the Miz, and you know. Well, and I think it has to be, you know, like we talked about. I think it has to be filmed as a legitimate sporting contest. I think that was the appeal of it. You know, originally, a combination of a, a sporting event and a game show. And, uh, you know, that was where, like, Battle Dome probably went under because it, it tried to be more like pro wrestling yeah. with, char- with characters and storylines and, you know, that kind of thing. You know, people just want to 
I mean, they just want to watch the car crash, you know, when when these American when these gladiators destroy these contestants. I remember there was an episode of Battle Dome, and I I hope we cover that at some point because that one's kind of a hidden gem because it aired at like two a.m. for some reason, and so very few people like remember it, but the ones that remember it, like, oh, Battle Dome, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. it, was, it was awesome, but. There was a biker guy on there named Jake Fury. I will never forget this. And, yeah. uh, you know, he comes out on his motorcycle and he's got his, you know, long hair and his bandana and stuff and his valet. And in the game that they're playing, and of course he's having to do the game in like black jeans and like looked to me like it was like motorcycle boots. So like that has got to be like hard, you know. And so they're they're doing the game, and he ends up getting hurt, and they're like carrying him out. The ambulance is like loading him on a stretcher, and he's like, "I'm not being stretchered out of the dome." <laughs> awesome! <laughs> it was just so bad. I was just like, "This is awful." But I don't so remember crazy. much. I remember the uh, the big spinning cylinder. I always thought that was a pretty cool game. Yeah, and then I had holes in. He had to try to work the guy through yep. the hole. Yeah. And I kind of remember that was the, I don't know if you'd say the uh, TV debut of Terry Crews, but uh, it definitely was. You know, he's become uh, he's become pretty popular these days. So I heard him on a podcast interviewed one time, and the guy brought that up, and he like didn't even acknowledge it. So I, I don't know oh, if that's yeah. like a black eye on his career, maybe like he doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, maybe. Well, then they did that. Then they do like a two-week WCW crossover too at one point. Yeah, how crazy was that? I thought that was so cool that they did that. It didn't it didn't last long, but it was kind of fun. Yep. So so yeah, definitely some interesting stuff there. And then they did the one event where like they were on the monkey bars and they would come up, and it was like a grid, right? And so like they would basically play chicken up there. They would kickbox uh-huh. on this grid and like yeah, I don't know. They had some cool events. It was kind of like a revamp gladiators, but like you said, they tried to do characters and. Tried to make it more about the characters. Like, they had one guy that came out, like, he's in, like, a straight jacket. And he's from, like, an insane asylum. Uh, yep. And, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of goofy, but. And I remember the Roman guy. He was, like, Rome and wearing white a white to- uh, toga. And, yes. I don't know. He had a couple of blondes with him or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway. It it's, was- well, how's our, how's our time? Do we have time for another spin and a topic? I don't. Well, no, I think it's probably good to wrap this episode up, but we need to spin for for next week. So I pulled American Gladiators off of the off of the wheel here. I'll open up my wheel and see where we're at here. We still have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine possible topics. So if you're ready, I'll go ahead and give her a spin. Yeah, let's do it. Spin the wheel, make a deal. All right, so this is a fun one. Um, Boy Meets World. Yes. So this was a fixture of, like, our age group as far as, like, family sitcoms, right? Like, everybody loved Boy Meets World. Yeah, I, I love I You know, and I think, I think, and we'll talk about this maybe more next week, I think they were really uh, smart as far as how they did the show. Because when the show started, you know, it kind of featured, I would say, like 10 to 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the storylines were about, you know. Yeah. And as they as they got older, you know, now all of a sudden they, you know, they got into high school. And they kind of changed the show to match that. So now, 
you know, Boy Meets World, it wasn't just for the 10 to 14 year olds. Now you could watch it and it was for, you know, maybe 14 to 18 year olds. And then they went to college and then it kind of became a show because it definitely matured as they matured. Mm -hmm. So definitely, you know, it changed as it, as it went on. So I think it was really smart, you know, how they did that. Well, um, yeah, and like you said, a lot was, of the... It was a great, great show. It really was. And a lot of the problems were like problems that 12-year-olds would have. And then it gets to like, you know, underage drinking and things of that nature. So it kind of, they kind of tackle stuff as they grow up. So you kind of, in a way, grow up with these characters. And um, it, it went for seven seasons, which it seems like it was so much longer than that. But it was definitely one of those shows that I feel like everybody watched it at least a little bit back in the day. Yeah, and we definitely need to talk about the evolution of Eric in that show. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he totally changed. His whole character went, like, totally different. And then, like, the young sister, didn't she, like, disappear from a couple of seasons? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny. They, uh, I don't know when. So Girl Meets World came came back or whatever. It was made a few years ago, and I actually just watched, like, one of the final episodes. I never watched the show. I know the Boy Meets World cast, some of them made cameos, but I did watch the episode where, like, they had this reunion and, like, all of them came back. But uh, what was really funny is they had both Morgans in there, and they just, just totally blew off the fact that there were two of them right. in the room, and they just would call them Morgans with an S. Hey, Morgans. That's, that's <laughs> funny. So, actually, there's one character that did not return. Do you know who that was? On the Girl Meets World? Yeah. Well, let me think. Uh, Mr. Feeney was there. Sean. Uh, well, the big, I don't know if you consider her, you know, a big part of the show, but uh, that big redhead, you know, like the six foot five. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, she, she was the one. And do you know why she didn't return? Uh, no. <laughs> Currently and to this day, she is, she works in the adult film industry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is kind of like... What? Like when you hear that, like it's just kind of shocking because it's like, wow, how did that happen? You're like, because she seemed like, uh, of course, she was there like during the college years of Boy Meets World when that became. Yeah, like, so I didn't really miss her not being in the like her reunion or whatever. Mr. Turner, he kind of disappeared, you know, after like the third season. I, I thought he was a pretty good character. And then, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I just read something about that the other day, how he was supposed to come back. And then all of a sudden they just they decided you know, Sean and Corey are going into high school, and you just don't fit in with the the storylines we're going for now. It is interesting how certain things happen because I remember on Family Matters, and we'll, I'm sure we'll cover that show at some point. Judy, the middle daughter, well, actually the youngest daughter, she just kind of disappears, and yeah, that's true. And and Rachel too, right? Her mom. Yeah, well, no, actually, Rachel was Richie's mom, and they kept Richie around, but then like Rachel was gone. It was kind of weird, oh, like. True. Did like Rachel give up custody of Richie? Like what? What happened? Like what happened here? Like nobody knows. Very yeah, strange. I don't know. Did they do anything with that? Like maybe I missed the episode where they said, "Oh, Rachel, she's whatever, gone to Bermuda." I honestly don't remember to uh, open up a chain of rest Rachel's places. Yeah, I, I I don't remember. It's been so long since I've watched Family Matters, and that's another show. Like the entire first season was not at all featuring Steve Urkel. I think he showed up a couple of times. But then, like, they realized he was such a good character, they kind of <laughs> made the show about him, which is kind of crazy to think. Like, that wasn't even their original idea. Yeah, that's another interesting one. Yeah, we, we should definitely cover that because it went from being somewhat based in reality and then Steve is making 
you know, the Stefan uh, machine, and yeah. he would uh, make this jet pack that took him uh, all the way from Chicago to Washington, where he landed and did a cameo for Step by Step. I remember that. He also was in an episode of Full House. Um, yep, where he I remember that as well. Where he showed up, which was interesting, because at the time, it didn't dawn on me that Family Matters is based in Chicago and Full House was, like, in San Francisco. It's like, so he's just coming to California now? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> but, yeah, definitely That's definitely true. fun how they all kind of did that. Cool. Who's uh, Plug of the Week is it this week? So, I think we're on an odd-numbered episode, I believe, right? So, I think, is it, is it my turn? Uh, Sure. Yes, because I, I did... Uh... I plugged you all last time, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. That's right. All right, so I'll, I'll uh, let's see, who do I want to plug? I will plug uh, the one and only Jason Wolf. I don't know if I plugged him or not yet, but he does, he's kind of a jack of all trades. He does a podcast called Howlin' with the Wolf. He does uh, custom Hasbro action figures. He does artwork. He does all kinds of cool stuff. Give him a follow at the art of Jason Wolf. In fact, he just, uh, he just made me a custom Harley Race figure I just got in just the other day, which is awesome. Kind of looks like how he did back in the NWA days. Yeah, I might need to hit him up and get me one of those. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Did he, did he uh, print those tattoos, or did he hand-paint them? How did he do that? He hand-painted those, actually. Wow. Yeah. He, like he, uh, He'll show me stuff, and I'm like, I don't – there's no way I could ever – Even he's like, oh, I got a really small brush. I'm like, it didn't matter how – small the brush is there's no way i could ever pull off something like that it's just incredible yeah yeah he's a good guy he uh, did a logo for me atomic fandom he did my my logo for that so yep great guy absolutely so that's my plug of the week give him a follow at the art of jason wolf on all his social media platforms and thank you again for joining us on this fantastic saturday morning and our journey through nostalgia, and we'll be back next week with some Boy Meets World. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to the show, and we will see you next week.